I guess, okay, well, welcome back <laughs> to whoever is listening to this ever. Um, go ahead and introduce yourself. Oh, hello, everybody. My name is Cheryl Marofsky, and I'm a counseling psychology student at Sopal College, and I graduate in September. I always forget that when I ask people. I'm like, well, I'm sorry I graduated. Because I, like, in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, I hope she graduates graduates with us yeah I don't know it's kind of weird because I'm like in this middle sort of crowd between like the people who I first like came in with Uh because they're all graduating in like May and then like my other friend group that's graduating next May so I'm sort of in this like in between that's like the same for me like almost half my friends are graduating this May and then like half of the ones I'm living with have so um you wanted to talk about self-care yes um so I was like thinking about like what is something that has been really just like on my heart and mind this semester Mm -hmm. is has really been self-care and rest because I like have a lot of things going on in my life right now Mm -hmm. so right now I'm planning like have an internship coming up this summer where I'm going to be overseas so we've been doing a lot of planning around that and then right after that I'm getting married That's so sweet. so you're you're planning your wedding are you engaged yeah that's great it's like it's like internship and then wedding and then final semester of college like wow. all in the same year and I'm also working so like this whole semester has just been crazy mm-hmm. and like I'm very much a perfectionist so it's been really challenging to like be like well what thing do I pick to focus on because mm-hmm. like everything has been so important but also like needs a lot of attention and yeah. so I just haven't been able to like keep up with everything like it kind of came to a head like a couple like maybe like two weeks ago where um I had something really really important that was due that was like sort of like a capstone thing for our degree mm-hmm. and I had been working on other stuff and my roommate had had like it was her birthday and so I had like spent some time investing in her and I came back to my room to do it for like the next day and then I had nothing left to give and I was just like just didn't have it in me to like do anything more and my two fiance wrote an email (laughs) to send to my professor and everything and so like I got an email early the next morning and my professor's like oh my goodness like I'm so sorry you're going through this like you know you can talk to me about it and basically she said that like I should still turn it in with just a little bit of a point deduction which was so surprising for me because I'm like this is it this is the end Uh and she like I came in and was talking to her about some of the things that were going on and she was like well when can you have this in and I was like well maybe I can try for next Thursday and she was like well would that be realistic or will you just be in the same spot like a week from now you know and so I was like well I don't know so I was like give me some time and I'll think about it and everything and then um again like that same day was the women's event and so conference no the just the one that was on campus like where they did the chipotle or whatever oh yeah 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 it was it was it was really good but i walked in 
and um, one of the other professors saw me, and I was like, oh no, because she knows what's going on, and she flagged me down, and I was like, oh gosh, and so like we went over and all like that, and I'm like, hello, you know, and um, I'm like ready for her to just feel like what she has to say about it, and she just goes, I'm so proud of you, you made like such a good decision, like it's so good that you like took care of yourself, and she was like, you know, often, you know, we have our top priorities of, like, our top priorities should be, like, our relationship with God and how, like, that's doing, and then, like, family and mm-hmm. friends, and then work, but we always put work, like, at the top of that yeah. list rather than, so she was like, I just really want to encourage you, like, that you made the right choice, and I know that that was really hard for you, and, like, yeah. that was, like, so freeing <laughs> because it I'm is. always like trying to like reach this um, just goal for myself or how I want people to see me as being put together or like mm-hmm. having everything under control and um, so I feel like God was already kind of working on me and then for the internship we had a training where we had to go up to Ohio to meet with some of the people from Envision and the whole first day they were just talking about, like, are you good at being, like, an object of God's love or an agent? Because usually mm-hmm. you're one or the other, and you struggle with, like, filling. So people who are, like, good at being an object, like, are really quite confident in their identity, mm-hmm. you know, in God and stuff, but maybe they have some trouble, like, getting involved. Whereas, like, people who are agents are always doing, 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 but maybe are struggling with that part and it was funny because I'm like I feel like I'm kind of bad at both but like specifically (laughs) in that moment it was really like God was like you just need to be okay with not being good enough at everything oh my gosh that's and I feel like that's (laughs) so hard to like accept yeah I don't know yeah well I think I'm sure you probably relate to this Sarah because I see you as somebody else who's also very like okay this is what I need to do like what are like the things I need to check off yeah get done and so God was just like you need to like stop (laughs) (laughs) just like slow down and um like that was just slowly I'm very stubborn so he was like just like slowly like prying my hands off of um everything that was going on and just being like you need rest and like you'll be doing a lot better if you do that and so that was super helpful I think because there were all these things that I was like, I have to plan, I have to know what's going on, I have to know what's coming, and like, I just can't, with all the variables that are happening, I just can't know everything Mm -hmm. that's gonna happen, or like, have a plan for everything, and so I've just been like, okay God, you have created this path for me this summer, and like, you know, this semester at school, and so, like, I'm just gonna trust you, and I'm gonna let you do it, because I can't do it anymore. So that's kind of been the vibe, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Somebody. I feel like it reminds me of this quote I saw one time where you said, like, God is, like, prying your hands off. It reminds me of this quote that says, like, if you don't Sabbath, your body is Sabbath tired. Mm. Or, like, eventually, you, you know, you just can't keep going. And that definitely not, re- like, not only resonates with me because, like, happens to my parents and siblings, but, like, everybody because – like, at least, like, people who overexert themselves to the point where you, like, physically, mentally, emotionally cannot go any farther. And I feel like that kind of goes back to giving God control of, like, parts 
like, okay, I want to say God's, like, giving back control of all of your life, but also going hand in hand with, like, God still wants you to make decisions, like, yeah, your own decisions, yeah. you know, that don't, like, aren't really gonna affect much, it's, like, God still wants you to, like, you know, play a role in your own life, like, put in work and all that, but he still, like, wants you to realize, like, you can do nothing apart from him, you know, yeah. and I feel like I lose, like, we all lose sight of that, and that's why we burn out, yeah. and it reminds me of, like, shortly after I rebuilt in real life a few years ago, I, like, I prayed that prayer, I was talking to my dad, and I prayed that prayer, like, I specifically remember, I was like, God, like, please take control of my life, I'm tired of trying, 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 and never being good enough, and, like, pertaining to my job, and it was, like, definitely that case, where I was, like, trying so much and so hard, and I was just, like, nobody there could really see it, or could really, like, trust me Mm. with, like, the responsibilities that was given, and a week later... (laughs) A week later, I got demoted. No. And I knew it was God. <laughs> and it really sucks, okay, <laughs> to go offhand, it really sucks when employers ask me if that's actually happened, like, if I've ever yeah. gotten demoted, because I'm like, I can't lie, but, like, I know it was God that made that. It's not because mm-hmm. I was not good at my job, because everybody at my job would say, yeah. like, you were doing a good job, you were on your way up, and my boss just only saw the negative, which yeah. was they were very few. And I was like, this can only be God. And yeah. I cried Aww. so hard after that. I'm so sorry. But I'm telling you, Kayla, God, he, like, he blessed me through that. And I couldn't see it until, like, weeks mm-hmm. later. Because at the time, like, I prayed that. And at the time, I was like, God, I don't understand this. Like, I've mm-hmm. given so much of myself to this place. And I feel broken. And then weeks mm-hmm. later, I'm at my new, like, position in the company. And I'm praising the Lord because I'm like, every aspect is so much better. And it actually goes back to, I didn't realize, like, I realized what I wanted to do in my career because I got promoted. Like, it it led to that. And I was like, that's insane. Like, that is probably the best prayer I've ever prayed, if I'm being honest. And it's crazy, because I relinquish control of trying to, you know, maintain everything in my life. And it made me realize that, you know, God's plan is always going to be better, and I Mm -hmm. figured that out. And to this day. You know, I'm always trying to, like, handle everything. Yeah. Like, uh. Wait, no, it seriously is. And it's so nice to hear, like, I think we all need the reminder, I think, that, like, we may think that things should be one way, but that God has, like, a so much, like, other, like, a better view of things. Mm-hmm. Because, like, just like you were saying, like, it was so crushing, yeah. you know. But for me, like, it was, you know, same thing. I was like, I failed. Like, I made a mistake. Like, I can't yeah. believe this thing happened. But to hear, like... No, actually, that was the right decision that you made. Mm-hmm. And, like, a couple weeks out now, like, I think my perspective and maybe, like, the way that I'm approaching these same stresses, like, it's still stressful. But I'm, like, when I find myself sort of going back into that pattern, I'm like, no, 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 we've been there. Yeah. Lord, I'm trusting you. You made this plan for me, <laughs> so you bet you know you're gonna have to come yeah. through. Yeah. <laughs> because like I, I'm not, I'm just me, yeah. and um, so yeah, I definitely I resonate with sort of what you were talking about there. Can you remind me like what you want to go into like professionally? Um, marriage and family therapy. It's interesting. It's so funny because like I realized it. I became a delivery driver. That's the position I went. I oh, got promoted to, and the reason I like the reason it God showed me that. It was a good, like, he blessed me for playing that prayer because 
I made more money significantly in that position even though I got demoted because of sex. Okay. I, the work environment was so much better. I got to do what I love to do which is drive now which is what I really want. And I got to see just like, I I got to also like, I also got to when I was driving just while I'm, while I was in a female position I didn't really get to like be outside and like work out or anything. Mm. But in the team position I got to see sunsets and sunrises all the time. It was amazing. So there was just like every aspect of that job was good and I listened, I started listening to books and it was like in a book or or podcast, I think it was a book that I actually like had this revelation. I think it was like, it was definitely God like through those circumstances showing me like that's where you need to be where I was was reading a book and it was saying like, um, like being a counselor and I was thinking about it and I was like, wait, that's exactly what I need to be doing. Wow. And it's kind of funny because like uh, when I was younger, like in high school and I was liking psychology, I was like, what are my options? And then I thought a counselor and I was like, I don't want to be stuck in an office, you know, throw that away. But like if I, you know, went back in time and I told my high school self, no, that's what you're going to be doing, (laughs) I would have been like, no, I refuse. So it's kind of crazy. But now like my interests are like, you know, the um, specific kind of counseling. I, there's like two areas that I'm really interested in. Which I'm, one of them is marriage and family therapy because that's what I want to get my license in. But the other one is um, trauma. Like I really want to get mm. like certification in trauma for yeah for trauma counseling. Yeah. So that's a field that I've been super interested in. Which I'm I, I'm actually gonna have, if it all works out, Heather Greenberg from you know from the department. Yes. She runs the master's she does the trauma. She said she's gonna be my trauma counselor at the end of the month. So <gasps> I really hope she's wait that that would be so cool. I know. We're talking about CPTSD, which I just, I don't know what it is, but that subject, like, interested me. Yeah, well, and I think, too, like, you know, in the field of trauma, it's become, like, so much more, like, there's such a need for mm-hmm. it. Like, I think more and more people are becoming aware yeah. of, like, oh, this thing I've had my whole life. I thought that I was just this and I'm mm-hmm. wrong with me, but no, I'm, like, actually have a trauma, you yeah. know, from my past. And so I think that's so cool that... Um, that you're, like, have a heart for that and, like, are going into that. Which is, like, thank you. Which is so weird because, like, you know, it, it can only be God, I feel like, for me to have this kind of passion. Because I tell people, and I'm, I'm like, you wouldn't, nobody would say, yeah, I'm going in trauma counseling and, like, I actually want to. Like, that is, mm. like, heavy stuff, you know? Like, nobody would go into that. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it, it's different than going into a job where it's, like, carefree and easy or whatever. But this is, like, hard stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's only God that would put that in my, like, a passion in me to go in that direction. Because, like, without that, I would be like, no, that's, like, too much, too heavy, too much, like, burden to mm-hmm. me. You know? So. Yeah. I, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's definitely not something to take on lightly. But it's, you know, it's funny, too. Like, I just remembered... Because you were talking about how, like, it was only because of, like, that that thing happened where you had the demotion yeah. that you even found out that you wanted to do therapy. And, like, in a similar vein, um, I, like, really, really, really wanted to attend Chippewa Falls College. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted to go to Bible school in general, like, ever since I was little, because my parents both did. Um, and, like... I don't know, I had this kind of, like, maybe 
unrealistic expectation that like I would go and like one I would well this is the realistic part is I would learn about God and everything but the unrealistic part was maybe I'll meet my husband like yeah. while I'm at school and yeah. I was like because everybody like a bunch of other people in my family had and so I was just like my first year of college was really hard because I was just at a community college and like I just felt very alone that year because it was sort of like I had so much community in high school because I did band as in like I was in band not that I was a band kid just for the (laughs) for the record yeah but I was in band I had a lot of really good friends and then I all of a sudden moved into this new situation where I had nobody around me so I was very very like it was a very hard year for me and so I finally got to CFC my sophomore year of college and my first semester I was commuting so I would drive 65 minutes every day, like, and then, like, here, I had an 8 a.m., oh my and so I had to get up at, like, 6, and I'm not a morning person, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I would get up, and I'd come here, and I leave. Um, some days I'd be at the school until, like, 5, because I was in the concert band at the time, and so I'm like, okay, I'm here, and I'm loving what I'm learning, but I'm not part of the community, yeah. and so I, I felt like I was really missing out, and so... I worked really hard, and I saved up enough money to pay to be on campus in the spring. And so, like, I lived here, and I, like, started making so many friends, and, you know, I had some guys that I was interested in and everything. And, um, like, that was the time where I was like, I finally have what I want. I'm finally here. I'm so happy. And then COVID hit, and we all got sent home. And then I was like, well, one – now I can't be with all the friends that I had. And then, like, two, I don't have the money to come back because I was originally doing um, prerequisite classes for ultrasound school. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to take some private classes just to take them. Mm-hmm. And so there was no, like, I didn't know what I was doing next. And so I was like, well, I don't have the money, and I also don't know exactly what I'm doing. So, like, I can't really go back. And so that was the year where I, I, like, got a job working as, like, a caregiver in, like, a sort of like a personal care home, but the way it's set up is, like, it's actually a house. Mm-hmm. So we'd have, like, five residents with varying stages of dementia. Um, and then, like, I would be the caregiver and be there for 24 hours, like, by myself. I would sleep there. Mm-hmm. So I was doing that job, and um, it was really hard. <laughs> It was a really challenging job for me, but it was it was good in that it grew me a lot as a person mm-hmm. and, like, taught me about, like, how much, like, I can actually do. And it really gave me a heart for the people that I was, like, taking care of because, like, some of them are very challenging. Like, one lady, <laughs> she would, like, pray, like, imprecatory prayers against me. <laughs> like, <laughs> she, like... <laughs> so so grouchy and like she she didn't want to take her medication but like this is so bad but we had to like put in her coffee because she would drink her coffee every morning so like I would have to do it like when she wasn't looking and like try and be like so and so here's your coffee you know da, da, da. and she's like oh my morning coffee and she would, she would drink it she became a nicer person after like a month of like actually taking her medicine, um, she became so much nicer. Yeah. But anyways, but that was so those are those challenges and just um, like a lot of like I had to like bathe them and make all their food and clean everything, like make sure everything was was safe. And we had one lady who 
probably had ten minute memories. Like it was very challenging with her because she would just kind of go in the same cycle over and over again. I felt very bad for her mm-hmm. um, because she was just like didn't really understand why she was there or like and she would be like well can you call my son and like you know I'd have to like find a way to get her to not call her son like 20 times a day Mm -hmm. you know or you know but also she was really funny like if she found any grocery bag she would take it and start packing up all her stuff like there's so many times where I would accidentally let her find the grocery bag and I'd walk into her room and everything was just (laughs) in grocery bags so I have to be like, oh, you know, I'll just give her like a random name, like Doris. I'll be like, yeah. Doris, you know, can you go do this for me? And I'll go ask you to do something. And then I quickly like unpack like all of her stuff and start putting it back in like <laughs> the drawers and everything like that. And then sometimes she would get sick, come back and she's like, oh, I cannot believe that you did that. <laughs> I'd be like, sorry, you know. And so like it was definitely like, I don't know. It was a crazy time and like very stressful. But the... <laughs> how I know I was getting stressed out from it is because sometimes like they had a, a bed like in the basement that you could sleep on with like that baby monitor so you could hear what was going on but sometimes I would like sleep on the couch but I had like like a, a stress dream that one of my residents was like strangling me oh my and gosh. I was like oh my goodness okay I need to like chill out and like figure out what's going on with this so that was like definitely challenging but also like I think I drew like a lot of affection for the people I was taking care of and like I sort of had this view of like I wonder if this is like a small snippet of like how God sees us because it's like there was nothing that those residents could do for me mm-hmm. like there was nothing like they would sometimes throw things at me or just be a mess or be mean to me but it's like I even in that I still had like care for them and affection and I'm like I really wanted the best for them and I'm like oh my goodness like if I can feel at least this much for people who aren't even related to me, like, how much does, like, God feel, like, as our Father and we're His children? Like, how much does He love us and care for us? And, like, I don't know. It was just, like, a really, like, powerful growing moment for me in that way of just, like, learning about that. And then also, like, <laughs> that was really when, like, with my with my fiancé, after everybody else was out of my life, there was one guy who was still talking to me all the time <laughs> and wanted to know what was going on with me yeah. and everything. And so that was actually when we um, started dating, which is a whole other story. But, like, even though I was really upset about being home that year and felt like I had lost so much, like, I would see people posting stuff on, like, Instagram mm-hmm. all the time of all the stuff they were doing together and being like, I just made new friends. But, like... God still used that year to, like, grow me and, like, show me his love and, like, tell me I wasn't alone and, like, say, well, like, you know, even if you had nobody else, like, would I be enough for you? Like, that was really, like, a question I had to, like, wrestle with. So it was a really, actually a really good year for me. There was a lot of growing involved, but I'm really thankful for it now, like, on this side of things. Yeah, and that's, I feel like that's a really good comparison of, like, when you said they could not do anything for you. And that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that, it reminds, you know that song by, I think it's Brandon Wright. Is it Brandon Do you know it? No, it's no. Gratitude. Gratitude, okay. You never heard it? It's I probably have heard it and just don't know the name. It's a really good song, and there's, like, a lyric where he says, like, I can't, 
it's something like I can't give you anything that that's something mm-hmm. to do with like the Halloween games. Oh, like crazy, yes, you know? yes, yes, yes. I do know that one. Wait, it's so good. It reminds me of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's really good that you went through that year, even though it felt like you kind of lost that harvest. Because even in high school, like, I had friends that I enjoyed, Mm -hmm. but they were not believers. And Mm -hmm. so, like, the kind of companionship, like, I'm not one to say that Christian shouldn't be friends with non-believers. Not at all. Mm -hmm. But I do think it's important just to have, like, a core group of people who can support you. Yeah. Um, And I just didn't have that at the time. And so, it was definitely, like, a Jeremiah moment, you know? (laughs) Not not as bad. Actually, my life was so much easier than his. Yeah. But <laughs> that was kind of the vibe, though. Yeah. It felt very, like, I'm the only one. Um, but all of that has, like, you know, uh, even that prepared me for the job I have now, where, like, I sit in with people who have, like, good mental status. Like, I learned a lot of, like, de-escalation and, like, mm. how to, like, meet people where they're at. Like, there was this one nice older lady, because that's a hospital if they have somebody who has an altered mental status whether it's like dementia or like they're in withdrawal from a substance mm-hmm. or whatever if they have them in they need someone in the room with them to make sure that they're safe or for example if they're like suicide risk yeah. stuff like that so i'm the person who just has to sit in the room with them for like a 12-hour um shift mm-hmm. and so like one of the ladies i, I think i had gotten um discontinued as a sitter for somebody because they were going to try and move them off of it and so mm-hmm. i called my people and i'm like well, what do you want me to do now and they said well how about you go and like relieve some of the other people who are sitting with people and i was like okay so i went up and there was this like sweet little lady who like the the person who was sitting with her was this like kind of bigger dude and he was in front of the door and he was like i was like do you want to go to lunch and he said oh yeah i would like to but just be careful like you know, don't let her run out the door, because she likes to run out the door. And I was like, okay. Wait, so the person that was at risk was a lady? Was a lady, yeah, sorry, okay. yes. There was an older lady who, I think she had dementia, and she needed someone to be with her. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the guy who was with her, I was relieving him for lunch. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, like, went in, and I'm like, hey, you know, what's going on? And she's like, oh, like, I think my husband's down there. You know, my husband, I was like, oh, your husband. Like, who, who is your husband? And then she started talking to me, and I was like, oh, like, what's he like? And, like, mm-hmm. just started talking. And then, like, I asked her about her family, and, like, she was telling me all about her kids and everything. And pretty soon she was sitting on the bed just talking to me. Yeah. And, like, um, like, was so much more calm because, like, people who have dementia, even if they don't have maybe, like, the sort of like their memories more short term like their short term memories gone like they can tell how people are treating them and they mm-hmm. can tell like if you act yeah. like they're a crazy person or act like you're trying to keep them in they pick up on those things like yeah. they can still pick up on body language how they're being treated yeah because they've lost their memories not like they've lost their capability like they still can tell when things are stupid you know exactly exactly and so like if you can come in and like treat that person with respect and just like meet them where they're at like Mm -hmm. you know ask them questions about like oh like can you tell me about your family or you know oh where do you live and what have you done and stuff like that and then connect to something that like is um 
relatable for them is so much more calming. Because for them, they're in a situation where they don't know what's going on. Who are these people? What's happening? Why are they keeping me here? And so, like, I think that was also, like, the stuff I learned as a caregiver now applies even now to what I'm doing. And I know that, like, what I'm doing now involves a lot of, like, de-escalation or just, like, listening to people. I mean, like, we aren't allowed to counsel them or anything. Mm -hmm. But I'll have someone who will come in and I'll see them, like, right after, you know, a suicide attempt. And I'll just be, you know, I'll just listen to them and be like, oh, yeah, wow, that's, you know, that's really hard, you know, and just kind of listen to what's going on with them. And so I see that even though these jobs that I've had have been really challenging, that, like, God is equipping me as I go yeah. for, like, wherever he's going to take me in the future. And so, because yeah. I feel like I've been there before. With listening, that's a big part that we, I feel like, as counsel, like, future counselors and even counselors for, like, for adults. Like, mm-hmm. we forget that that's, like, probably one of the biggest aspects and most important when it comes to, like, comforting people and just being there. Because sometimes that's all, like, I, at least, like, sometimes that's all people need. And, like, even with myself, I realize, like, that's actually what the only thing I need from a counselor because I don't even process it. Yeah. So I come up with my own answers when I just talk, you know, yeah. like, instead of just listen. But, um... When you, you said you work, do you, like, is it that job you said you go to every weekend? Like, that kind of? Yeah, that's the job I do um, normally on the weekends. So, like, just this last, um, last Saturday I was with a girl, like, an older woman who had um, made a suicide attempt because mm-hmm. her, her husband had passed away, like, a year and a half ago. And, like, nobody knew that she was still really grieving. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she had made an attempt, and so she's in the hospital now, um, which, thankfully, she's going to recover, but, like, that's been the situation she was in. And then, like, on Sunday, I was with a guy who came in for, um, he had, like, a UTI or whatever originally, but UTIs can affect also, like, it's kind of interesting, like, they can make you a little bit, since it's an infection, it can mm-hmm. sort of make you have an altered mental status and stuff, especially if you're older. Like, if you're an older woman, you're especially susceptible to being confused or having delirium because of a UTI. Mm-hmm. So he, they were still doing stuff for him, but he was very, very anxious. And so they needed somebody to be in with him and just, like, um, to make sure he didn't, like, run out into the hall or mm-hmm. run out, you know, all those kind of things. So it just is different every time I go in. But that's usually what I do on the weekends. Yeah. I I just, it's so interesting to me, because I forget that you're, like, older than most people on campus. Like, Mm -hmm. like, I am, too, not for for those that I don't know. No, you're good. I know. (laughs) But, like, so that you've kind of, your experience and what you're doing is kind of farther along than just, like, Mm -hmm. you know, having taken a bad turn or support. Like, you're kind of already in the field of what you're wanting to go to. Yeah. What do you say exactly that is? So, like you, I want to do marriage and family therapy as well. Um, especially, interesting thing as well, working in the hospital, I'm seeing the importance of getting more than one side of the story. Mm-hmm. Because some people will be there and they'll be like, you'll never believe what this people in my family did and that's why I'm here. Mm-hmm. Da, da, da. And it's like, okay, that might be true. Yeah. But I definitely am not getting the other side of the story. So I think it's very challenging 
Not that I think that individual counseling is a bad thing, because even as an MFT, like, you're going to be doing one-on-one counseling with people. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, like, so helpful to, like, talk to people within the context of, like, the other people in your system and, like, be able to get more, like, views of the same thing so you can get, like, a more accurate picture. Because yeah. it's not like I think people are lying. But I think we all have our own biases, and so, like, it helps if we can, like, speak to more than one person. Yeah, and I've noticed, like, like, some people, but also, I will say, like, even, like, everybody, I feel like we tend to paint ourselves as the victim sometimes, Mm -hmm. especially if you don't have, like, a lot of stuff to blame on, and you suffer from some kind of mental illness, like, you know, it, we tend to paint ourselves as the victim and pity ourselves a lot more than we might need to in order to, like, or like get past what we're you know uh suffering through not to say like you know empathizing is not important like that's one of the most important things but you know I definitely agree like the two sides of the story is like really Mm -hmm. important because I could be counseling somebody you know and they're constantly painting themselves as as the victim but I don't hear the other side it could be like kind of flipped like oh they might be the victim because they're doing all this stuff to that person and they're just, you know, mm. it's, like, it's like a... Yeah, know. and there's some, like, nuance to, like, interpersonal relationships, like, mm-hmm. um, people, I mean, obviously people are complicated, <laughs> so there may be ways where, like, yes, this person is a victim, but maybe there's also ways in which they're victimizing others or, yeah. you know, kind of taking on more of it than they should, so... Definitely. I think that's what I, that's what I love probably the most about the purpose of counseling is like a lot of people there's this like misconception that counseling is like oh feel good and like you know I'll just pity you whatever that's like what well, in reality like the main purpose is to help that person take responsibility for their life and yeah. what's happening to them and give them ways to deal with it and to like heal themselves and like interact with others in a more healthy way and I feel like if a lot more people knew that there wouldn't be this misconception or this kind of like mm. you know what's the word just like a lot of people think it's like you know pansies or i feel like at least the older generation sometimes has yeah that i think it's like oh i don't need someone to tell me that i'm a good person or yeah. whatever or baby me it's like and it's like actually counseling's really hard work like it's yeah. very challenging because i feel like it really puts like a mirror up to you and mm-hmm. be like what do i need to work on you yeah know? and i will say like one it's better by far yeah definitely because I, that's a whole other thing of, like, bad experiences <laughs> yeah, with counselors. Me too, me too. But, um, yeah, I think, like, I feel like even, even being in the counseling program, like, I've become a lot more self-aware of, like, how I respond in situations mm-hmm. or, like, what kind of person I am and, like, where my boundaries are for, like, strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and then even further in counseling, you know, I'm like, oh. I didn't even realize that this was happening, you know, and just sort of like, um, as someone who is an overthinker as well, sometimes it's helpful to have another person to be like, well, why don't you just do this, you know, because we were talking about this, so how about, have you thought about approaching it this way, and you being like, huh, that's a good idea, and sort of reframing it, because like, anybody, you know, as smart as anybody can be, they're never going to see all the perspectives, and so I think that outside perspective that is not doesn't have a stake in the situation is like so valuable yeah absolutely 
Um, well, I'll probably end it here, but the last thing I wanted to ask is what is, what is something you would want, like, anyone who listens to this to take away, kind of like going back to the guests that we were talking about, mm-hmm. what is probably something you'd want everyone to take away from, you know, winning this trust or just what Todd has to say about it or Clyde has to say about it? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that even, you know, in the Old Testament, we see that, like, first God rests at the end of creation, which I don't think he needed it. I think he was trying to model something for us. And then, of course, you have, you know, the Sabbath and everything. And then even Jesus would rest in between all the amazing things that Mm -hmm. he was doing. He would go away from the city and spend time by himself to pray. And so just a reminder to everybody that, like, we live in such a busy culture Mm -hmm. that, like, it's so hard to do that, but it's so important. And, like, uh, I just want to encourage anybody who has a hard time taking a break that, like, you're not wasting time if you're resting. Like, that is, if you have to think of it as, like, a productivity thing, it's productive to rest because it's going to make you have more energy and just, like, I don't even want to think of rest in the context of, like, spiritual disciplines. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, prayer. Yes, Bible reading. For sure. But also just, like, taking a moment to be, like, yeah, just still. And just, like, maybe spend some time outside or, like, just listening to some calm music and just, like, chilling for a minute is, I think, is really, really helpful. Um, And you just, for every person, it's going to look different. So just whatever works best for you. Yeah, that's really good. Okay. Cool. Thank you.